Luke 18, Luke 8, I'm sorry, not Luke 18, Luke 8, 17. Actually, let's go up a little more. Luke 8, 16. No one lights a lamp and then hides it, covering it over or putting it where its light won't be seen. No, the lamp is placed on a lampstand so others are able to benefit from its brightness. Because this revelation lamp now shines within you, nothing will be hidden from you. It will all be revealed. Every secret of the kingdom will be unveiled and out in the open, made known by the revelation light. So pay careful attention to your hearts as you hear my teaching, for to those who have open hearts, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. And for those who do not listen with open hearts, what little light they imagine to have will be taken away. It's like, whoo But, you know, it's not a judgment as much as it's just a matter of fact. What you honor, you get more of. What you don't honor than what you thought you had, you don't even have because you don't honor it. So when we honor revelation, when we honor the things that God's given to us, we get more of it. You see, it makes sense, right? So he's talking about it as revelation, lamp, that shines within you, okay? So you say this little light of mine, but we have something within us that is a lamp, but it's revelation, and um, it shines within us. And I think it's great here that Jesus has told us, Yeshua, nothing will be hidden from you. It will all be revealed. So what I was thinking is mysterion. You know, that word mysterion, the Greek word, is found throughout the New Testament. Mystery upon mystery upon mystery. We don't actually teach mystery in modern churches. We teach facts. This is the facts, Jack. You know, this is, this is what you do when you want to do this, then you do that, then you do the other thing, and then this will happen if you do that, and then this other thing will happen if you do that. How can you give me some scriptures to help me do the things I need to do, Jamie? Give me those scriptures. And I'd be like, look, that's not how it works. This is a relationship with Yahweh. <laughs> He's the one that does the revealing. He's the one that shows you. But where is this lamp? The, the scripture says that right here, this revelation lamp shines within you. I see sometimes online people talk bad about their own heart. Oh, the heart is wicked. The heart is this. The heart is that. You should never trust your heart. That's like trust in the devil. Well, why does it say that a revelation lamp shines within us if we're not supposed to trust that? Because what part of your heart are you talking about? See, this is another area of misunderstanding. People don't realize how big they are. I mean, you have chambers in your heart. You have chambers in your spiritual heart, places, rooms. They call them rooms. We call them chambers, but they're rooms. And say so you have your physical heart has chambers. You are your heart. <laughs> you, that's where you are. <laughs> so in the spirit, you have a heart in the spirit. So your heart has chambers and it has rooms. Okay, But there's a light that shines where nothing is hidden. It will all be revealed. Every secret of the kingdom will be unveiled and out in the open. So people say, well, well, why don't I know the answers in Jamie? Why am I always looking for things? I don't know why people talk to me so specifically like this, but anyway, that's my example. Um, why do I have all of these areas that I don't know about, Jamin? 
what are you, what are you trying to say? You have revelation, a revelation inside of you. So this is what he says in verse 18. He says, pay, so why, why do people limit revelation? He says, pay careful attention to your hearts as you hear my teaching for the, to those who have open hearts, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. Open hearts. So why, why would you close your heart? Well, there's a whole lot of reasons why people close up. They close up through hurt, through experiences, through bad teaching, you know, bad scripture. Like we said <laughs> before, they were interpreting scripture wrong and people close their hearts up. But Jesus said, if you open your heart to the word. Now, remember, whenever you hear, you know, we have Jesus teaching, but Jesus is the word. So he's a person. So when you're open to him, because sometimes the things that we hear from the Lord are a little unnerving because of the ideas that we had about it. Some of our ideas are, many of our ideas are completely off. They're wrong. They were basically the, doc, you know, like I've been teaching the doctrines of men or the teachings of men. A lot of the things that we had learned were actually teachings of men. They weren't teachings of Jesus. It was men coming up with some logical explanation for the things that he sees in the natural realm. But see, the revelation lamp is revealing every secret, unveiled, out in the open, made known by the revelation light. And that's why he says to pay careful attention to your hearts as you hear it, for to those who have open hearts, even more revelation. So you can almost see your heart, which is you, okay? You can almost see revelation coming into it. Light is shining, and the more open you are to that revelation, to, that, to the teachings of Jesus, the more is revealed. Because the other thing is revelation more understanding of the things of God come from the last thing that you understood. Does that make sense? So it's like if if you were learning in a certain area, as God was showing to you, you, you stay in that area until more comes, but you stay open. Sometimes people are like, I haven't received much revelation. Well, what was the last thing? What was the last thing that you remember God teaching you? Maybe you made a note of it. Maybe you were thinking, you know, for a long time I was, you know, really into this and really, okay, well, why don't you go back to that and then more will come from there. In other words, stay open though. If you shut it down. Now, now one of the areas that people shut down in is unbelief. Oh, you can't talk to angels. Uh-oh, where'd that come from? A man's teaching, okay? So now we say you can't talk to angels. So now all that angel interaction you were having is now shut down because you decided to shut that down. But who gave you the revelation of angels? Yeshua did. He's the friend of angels. You know how many angels are in the scriptures with him? I mean, angels announced his birth. I mean, they were right there the whole time. They're, they're, they're our friends. They love us. We should be talking to our angels. Yeah, you should. You should talk to your angels. But that means I'm praying to angels now. No, it doesn't. It means that you are honoring them. You are honoring them in your midst. You are honoring them with you day by day. And you know what's amazing is, is I'm, I was just looking at everybody else's angels, and I was like, wow, these, these angels are amazing and so full of love, so full of love. They, 
you know, it's kind of like us when you're so connected to the source of, of all things, which is who is Yahweh, God. Love just comes through you in an amazing way. There's no way around it because he is love. And so the, his love, and it's, it's the love from above. It's not this weird stuff that they say down here when they say love is love. They, sometimes they're meaning other words like lust. <laughs> lust is lust. That's true. It is. And you should have nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> but love, which is from d- the divine love of God, which is unselfish. You, you see, love is unselfish. You, you got to see that first of all. It's not about what the other person can give you. It's about what you're giving. You see, so when we're operating in the love of God, that's how we can nurture creation is because we're nurturing it out of the love of God. God's love within us, we're able to nurture creation. See, we can do things with creation. You know, we can cut down a tree, we can plant a tree, we can do that. But there's a mystical realm, a spiritual realm, where we can understand the things that God has put out here in creation, and we can interact with creation in a spiritual way. We're supposed to be doing that. I know that they said that that's a weird thing. It's not weird. Sons of God do that. They interact with creation. I'll give you some examples. Jesus, okay, he was fed by angels. Elijah, he was fed by a raven, right? He was, you know, there there was manna that came from heaven. There was an interaction like we gave you earlier with Balaam and the donkey. You know, there was some interaction going on there. You know, there's a creation element here that God has not discarded his creation. He thinks it is beautiful and he loves it. And so as we're thinking like God and we love the creation like he loves the creation, we don't covet the creation. God doesn't covet anything. You know why God doesn't covet anything? Because he doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anything at all. I need to give a sacrifice of praise. You can give a sacrifice of praise because you love the Lord, but he doesn't need your sacrifice of praise. He doesn't need any sacrifice. He actually said that. He goes, I don't, I don't need your sacrifices. In the Old Testament, he goes, I didn't even want your sacrifice. I didn't need them. I don't need the sacrifices. They're like, we need a sacrifice. He's like, I don't need, I don't need them. <laughs> because it wasn't about the sacrifices. It was about love. It was about the love from above. It was about receiving the love and, re- and, and then transmitting it. You know, so you receive it, then you transmit. You can't transmit something you've never received. If you haven't received the love, you cannot transmit love. Why is there not a lot of love in the world? Because they haven't received the love. They're resisting it. They're resisting it with everything in them. They're so angry at God, and they're resisting him so much. They create elaborate hoaxes to live inside of so that they can resist the love because they think that God is trying to take away things from them that they, that they want and that they covet and that they greed and lust after. And they think that if I receive the love then that love will tell me to let go of that stuff and I'm not willing to let go of it. And that's the biggest problem. So they resist him and they're ever resisting. But they're mistaken. They're mistaken. The, to, to be in the world means you resist the love. That's the whole point. That's what it means. You're resisting God. And when you resist God, you say, I don't honor him, so I don't want a part of him. So if you don't have a part of him, the light is very, very dim in regards to revelation. So you will go out and create your own revelation. And it's a lower realm revelation that only can go so far. It cannot bring you into a higher realm. It can only go so far. And people try to do this thing where they even use drugs to go into uh, other dimensions. But guess what they see when they go into the other dimensions? Not God. They end up seeing demons because they're going through the wrong gate. The gate is the gate of first love. So as we're growing, and again, God doesn't, 
He didn't come to condemn the world. I'm just pointing out the fact of why people have a hard time. People, when you're in the world, you will have a hard time in certain areas. Now, you may be successful in other areas, and that's God's grace. And you know what? He's, he's not trying to—he's not resisting us. It's just in those areas that you resist God in, you're not allowing that flow to come. So in other words, there, there could be flows of, of God coming into your life in other areas, but in some areas, if you're resisting him, that flow stops. So he's saying, stay open. Let your heart pay careful attention that your heart is open, always open. Because when that light is shining in your heart, it opens up other areas that you've never seen before. So don't close any of it. People are like, well, I like this and I like that, but don't like that. Well, if it came from Yeshua, when it, if it came from Jesus, like it. Just say, okay, let's, I'm going to receive this for what it is. I don't understand it yet, but I'm open. I'm open. You see what I'm saying? Like, we, we might have an experience in God and we're like, I don't understand what just happened, but I'm open. <laughs> you know, because anytime you see something new, it's always one of those things where you're like, what am I looking at here? What is this? You know, when, when, when they come out with new inventions and you look at the invention, you say to yourself, what am I looking at here? This is odd, you know, but then after a while you get accustomed to it. And now you remember, if you remember when microwaves first came out, I don't, but some people might remember when microwaves first came out and they'd be like, it's not an oven. It's a microwave. What is this? What is this alchemy? You know, and you put a, you put some type of frozen thing in, you press a button and it heats up and you're like, whoa, it's magical. You know, and they were giant, you know, but now everybody has microwaves. Everybody has it because they got used to it, you know. So, but you remained open to using the microwave. Some people aren't as much because of the microwaves, but, um, <laughs> but now it's a common thing, you know, that people are used to. Light bulbs. Remember when the light bulb was invented? I personally do not, but some people do. They remember when the light bulb was invented. The light bulb is 120 years old, at least, at the most that, but we have thousands and thousands of years where there was no light bulbs. We've only had light bulbs for a very short period of time, but we are extremely used to them. But no other civilization knew anything about just a light bulb. They'd all go to bed when the sun went down because there's no light. What are you going to do? Go to sleep. Yeah, you can have a little you can have a little lamp with a flicker where they turn them on and off. That was a that was a cool invention, right? But before they'd have candles. And that's why Jesus is talking about the lamp. You know, it's a, what is it? It's a, it's a candle. You know, you got to watch them. You could burn your house down, you know? So these are, these are the kind of things that all other civilizations, every other civilization dealt with. And we do not because we have a new invention that has come onto the scene that we all just accepted. I don't know if people in the beginning were like, oh, those electricity, that electricity is of the devil. I don't know. They might've said that. Who knows? They, they could have. I know that when ice cream came out, they thought it was of the devil because it tasted too good. Because they thought, I, because at that time they thought that everything God gives you is 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 bad. So if it if it's good, it must be a sin. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, that's the exact opposite of what it says in the scripture. <laughs> so, but again, that's a that's more of a legalistic approach that people had during that time in America. Um, very legalistic. Anything is pleasant, it must be a sin. Uh, God only gives you things that are unpleasant. You know, and and it's a weird it's a weird teaching. But again, we're growing out of that. We're growing into something new now. Now people will put sin in there. And say, oh, it's sin. Well, no, that's taking it too far now. Now you've taken a truth that God's given you and you've closed yourself off to that truth and you've created a secondary thing that you call light, but it's not really light. It's darkness because sin is darkness. 
Okay, so the revelation lamp shines in us. Nothing is hidden from us, so it will all be revealed. That was the part I wanted to look at. It will all be revealed. So we have the mystery of Christ, right? The mystery of Christ is encoded into the creation. It was like a special like uh, access code. And it could only be unlocked a certain way, and it could only be unlocked at a certain time. Now, God gave Daniel, Yahweh gave Daniel the vision the four, of, the, of, the, um, of the weeks, the 49 weeks. They knew what that meant. They knew that that meant the Messiah was coming during that time. So Jesus was encoded into the creation to be revealed at a certain time, but God told the code, and he said, seal it up. Remember, he gave him the prophecy in Daniel. Seal it up. He was telling him when he was coming. He was telling him when that mystery would be revealed on the earth in the physical realm. But it was always there. So God has things that he hides inside of the creation, and he locks them. And he locks them not just with time. He locks them in time and space. And then they're also locked in this sense that they have to be revealed with light. So we have several areas of mystery here. One is time-space locking. The other is being open. So if you're not open, you can't see it. If you're not open, you can't see it. I'll give you another example. So I talk to people about people who work in the hospital. What kind of things do you see in the hospital? I talk to one person. They say, I see people sad and dying and having no hope. Okay. I see another person and they say, what do I see? I see people who, even though they go through great struggles, they find the light of God and God is taking care of them. Two people, two things they're open to, and that's what's being revealed to them. Okay. So they're two opposites. I talk to people that work in hospice. What do you see in hospice? Well, I see people seeing Jesus just before they go to heaven, peacefully going. I see people and all they see is torment. And then some people say, I see both. You say, what are you open to? Because that light is what you're seeing the world through. That paradigm is what you're seeing the world through. If you create a paradigm of negativity around you, everything around you will be negative. For sure it will be negative. You made it that way. You made the negativity and you lived in it. It's your paradigm. So what Christ is saying, let my teachings be open to my teachings. This Now again, we're not talking about just a, a wise man. We're talking about the word of God made into flesh. The word that has existed before the beginning, before creation, that word that you are with going all the way through in time to this point. So now we have what? A revelation of Christ within us. A revelation lamp. So it's not just this person's opinion, that person's opinion, this person's opinion, that person's opinion, because that's what people look for. I need a counsel so I can get the best opinion, and I will listen to all of your opinions, and then I will make my judgment. And this is how the kings of the earth operate, isn't it? It is. Even if you're the king of your own domain. You go and you get an opinion. You go online. When you go and you're going to get some work done in your house, what do you get? Three quotes. I need three quotes, Jamin. Right? Three. Now, just so you know, three means established. You do this automatically. You get three. Why? Because you can't vote the other person out, right? You have three. Let everything be established with three. Okay? So that's one of them. So like in dreams, three is the trinity. 
Okay, but three also has a governmental aspect where three establishes a thing. That's why when you see, you know, weird things that aren't right, there's three minimum, right? Because it has to be established. But anyway, that's a, that's a different thing. So we have this revelation lamp shines within us. Nothing is hidden. All is revealed. So in other words, God is not holding anything back. There is nothing being held back. So if you say, I need more revelation, walk in the revelation that you have and more will be given to you. Do the thing that's already being revealed in your heart and continue in it. Don't let anybody shut that down. Don't allow any voice, any, any what I would call religious principalities. These are religious spirits that sit in your doorways. Do, they don't have to sit in your doorway. They sit in doorways of, um, of spiritual places. And they tell people you can't go through. Can't go through, can't do this, can't do that, can't do the other thing. Can't meditate, that's new age. You can't talk to angels, you're worshiping angels. You can't do this, you can't do that, right? But in reality, God's the one revealing those things to us. So he says, yes, walk through. So you can safely ignore the devil, safely. You're totally safe ignoring him, completely. Like, be like, it's like nothing happened. You know what I'm saying? You could safely ignore him. He has nothing for you. Any words he has are gonna be a lie anyway. You can just keep going right on through. You see what I'm saying? So this is Jesus' path. He's saying, don't give any place to the devil that you can safely ignore everything he tells you. Even if he gives you the most amazing vision, you're like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. You know, they'd be like, nah, okay, and keep going. You can safely ignore him. But Jesus' words, his teaching, all things will revealed, will be revealed. Every secret of the kingdom will be unveiled and out in the open, made known by the revelation light. And then what happens is, even more, and look at this, those who have open hearts, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. In other words, you have so much revelation, you have more revelation than you can even use. It's overflowing. He's not withholding anything. So if you feel like the Lord's withholding something, that means that you closed yourself off somewhere. That's, 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 a, that's a process that we closed off. God doesn't close off. We are trying to get it through a different path instead of the path of revelation. Instead of the path. So if I read a lot of books, I'm getting information. But if I receive the words of Christ, I'm getting revelation. So you have information and you have revelation. So to walk in the spirit, you receive revelation. To walk in the soul or the flesh, you receive information. Revelation comes by the spirit. Information comes by reading, listening, or whatever. Now, we can be in a realm where information is delivered by revelation. And that's interesting. And I'm sure many, anybody who's ever heard spiritual teaching will know that you will get information, but it could be delivered to you by revelation. It may not even be what the words are that are being spoken, but because the words are encoded in the Spirit, then other information is carrying through those words. That's why the Scripture says, if any man speak, let him speak as oracles of God. Right? Because that's all of us. We can say, good morning, and encoded, and that is Jesus saying, I love you. You don't know what's happening there because you're in the Spirit. You're speaking words like Christ speaks. That information is, you know, this is why we should be open. Because when Jesus says, I love you, we should feel that love. We should know that is true. That he doesn't lie. He's not a man. <laughs> when he says he loves us, he really does love us. So pay careful attention, okay, to your hearts as you hear it, okay? So again, 
Oh, I agree mentally. A lot of teaching is mental. Mental ascent, we called it back in the day. But our hearts were separated from the words. We would just hear the words. We'd decide if we agree or not. And then we would put it in some different categories in our brain. But it didn't go into our hearts. Okay? This is another reason why it's important where you feed on the word. <laughs> some people, you, you just don't receive in certain environments. And in other environments, you do. Why is that? Because there's a, a vibrational frequency that is, that is in sync with where you are. And you can hear it. And so you, can, you resonate that frequency. You resonate that message. You know, and again, is it the right message in the spirit? If it's coming from the Lord, yes. This is why people group together, okay, who have common interests is because they're resonating with each other. They resonate that frequency. So we have a higher frequency, a higher energy, the power of God, however you want to use it in the traditional sense, but it's a higher energy or a frequency or power that comes from Yahweh, okay? That frequency is the frequency of the love of God, and it comes from heaven. It actually saturates the whole earth. So what ends up happening is, is when you connect with that frequency of the love of God, you will find that you have things in common with people, places, and stuff like that that you would never think had anything to do with you, but it's because you're resonating at a higher frequency. And so because you're operating, at, it's hard to ex explain this. So you're listening to things and you're like, wait, this is right. Why is that? Because it's resonating in my spirit. This is the same message that Yahweh is giving me. It's resonating in my spirit. I, I resonate that. In other words, I hear it and it's the same sound. So now what's happening is, is this, this frequency of the love of God is getting more powerful on the earth because you're resonating with that message. Does that make sense? It's hard to explain these things. It's just, I, you can see them. You can see how they happen. Like sometimes I'll listen to a thing and I'll be like, that's nice. Don't resonate. It's not a thing I'm into. It's not a thing that I'm in the spirit in. The, in other words, I'm moving in these realms. Okay. So now I hear something, I see something. I'm like, yeah. Now I'll tell you nature. That always resonates. <laughs> it always does. I don't know something he did. Um, about it. There's something that he built into the creation that himself, and when you see it, you will resonate. And it's with the love of God, not, not in a weird, you know, way, but in the right way, which is you can hear within the creation, the resounding worship back up to Yahweh. You can hear it. It's there. It's in the trees. It's in the water. It's in the air. It's everywhere. You can hear it. It's a resonation of, of worship and love that is going from him back to them and back up again. Yeah, connecting to the earth. Yep. Right. Being with the Lord. Right. And it's not that 
it's not the nature that's the Lord. It's the resonation of the worship to God that's coming from the things that he's made. And I think that... The, right. You know, I was, I was wa watching something the other day, and they were talking about how in Israel they built their houses up with a flat roof so that every morning they could come and see the sun rise. So that was a thing that they did. They would watch the sun as it would come up. In other words, part of their um, prayer time was related to the things that God has made. You're not praying to it, but what you're doing is, is you're interacting with creation in that the love of God, resonating the love of God throughout the earth. It causes things to grow. You know, back in the day, you know, before we industrialized everything, people had to have crops that grew because if they didn't, they would all starve to death and die. So it was pretty rough at the time. So they knew things about the creation, things that we had not passed down. They left it hidden. And some of it was this interaction with, the, with what God has made. And it's, and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. We don't need to make that over again. God made it for us. Be outside. Understand the things that God has made in creation. You know, of course, do the things that you do, but also continue in that worship of God within the aspect and within the context of the things that he's made in the right way. Because what did sin do? It twisted it, right? But we don't, we don't do the twisted thing. We do the untwisted thing. The untwisted thing is fix that up. It goes back up to him. It, you're not worshiping creation, but you're recognizing Christ in it. So again, we resonate with areas that we... Um, are in okay but the highest frequency is the love of god and and what's weird is it's not weird i say weird it's uncanny and a nicer way to say it i don't know but you you'll come across people and you're like these th these people are resonating with the love of god and i don't even know if they go to church but they're resonating with his love i can see it in them it's clear as day and i'm like well do you know his name is yahweh <laughs> they know his frequency Th do they know his name you know, see, that, that's what the gospel's all about. His name is Yahweh. His son is Yeshua. He's the one that saved us from our sins. The reason that you hear that frequency is because Yeshua came to the earth. He opened that up for all of us. That's the gospel. You're telling, you're telling. So people who know about love and the, you know, the, the way that they've done it, you know, but we can share that with people. There's no reason to divide that that's the soul wants to divide oh you're different than me no 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 you didn't get that from a scripture probably not god then really you don't think god can communicate uh, in another way other than if, if people actually had the written word you know that half the bible was written half the, the bible was was oral tradition in the in the uh in the jewish scriptures you know or there are scriptures too you know, so there's a lot of misconceptions about this that we have to be careful of because what is it that we're looking for? We're looking for the frequency of the love of God. That's what it is because his love is what is the revelation lamp, okay, that shines within us. Now, what does love do? It burns up sin. <laughs> it just burns it up. You know, anything that's, you know, any insecurity that you have is burned up in the fire of his love. Because that's really what it is in a way. It's an insecurity related to our identity and related to the fact that does God truly love me? Well, I did something bad. He must not love me right now. Nope, not true. He loves you even more. And if you'll run straight to him the second you do something wrong, his love will burn up anything that was in you that is not him. 
it will just burn it right up. So it's the fire of his love. It's a good thing. It's a purifying fire. It destroys everything that's not you. Because all that other stuff, those insecurities we have, that does not come from him. He gives us security. <laughs> love is a secure place. It's a safe place. It's a place of rest. It's a place where your heart can be taught by the Lord. Okay? So now, let me look at one more here. Trying to find this. Ephesians 3 9. It says, my passion is to, in, this is Ephesians 3, 9, my passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ, so that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. So again, we're moving away from insecurity because we know who we are. You, you could have the most religious leader ever that you think is, boy, this person, and come up and say, blah, 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 and you would be like, nope, I don't agree with that. Telling you you're this and telling you you're that. I have received confidence. How did I get my confidence? We have boldness through him, through Christ. Don't let any man be your gateway to God, no matter how spiritual they may sound. And this is the danger. When, when God's pouring out gifts on people, don't ever use those gifts as a platform to platform yourself. Use those gifts as, as a, just another way of demonstrating God's love. He didn't ever want us to do that. So Paul says in Ephesians, my passion is to enlighten every per person to this divine mystery. Again, just like what Jesus was saying, there's this light that is shining, <laughs> this revelation light that is shining in your heart. And when your heart is open, again, how do we open our hearts? Now I do prayer, meditative prayer. You can be an, have an open heart when you're praying, quiet prayer, simple prayer, like Madame Guyon teaches, your, your heart is now open to Yeshua, right? And so then he's like, here I am. It's me. It's Yeshua. He's in your heart. He loves you so much. He takes everything that is not him. He washes you clean. You're clean because of him. Your robes are white. You're spotless. So Paul sees this, and his passion is to enlighten every person. It was hidden. Remember what I was saying? It's encoded inside the creation. It's hidden until when? So you have a time-space unlock, okay? Now, apparently, there are others inside of creation <laughs> that we don't know about, okay? Because remember what Jesus said. He goes, every mystery will be revealed, meaning there's more than one. There's more than one mystery, okay? But how are they revealed? If you receive my teachings, Jesus said, right? Yeshua, the word of God unlocks every mystery. This is the door. 
You want revelation. Go through the door. Christ. My passion is to enlighten. It was hidden for ages past and kept a secret. Where? In the heart of God, the creator of all. So where are these? The reason that people don't receive revelation and mysteries is they're looking in the wrong places. If you would realize that these secrets are revealed in God, then you would go to him and then that answer would be given. The purpose of this, because there was a reason, it wasn't it wasn't because he was trying to hide something, it, you know, so that you can't have it. It was to unveil that before the throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm. Because they know a lot. I don't know if you've ever heard people who talk to them. They actually know quite a bit. They're not dumb. Okay. Now, they don't have the wisdom of God, so they do some very foolish things. But they do have knowledge, significant knowledge. But they don't have wisdom. Because um, the knowledge has just been gained. Think about it. You're, you've been here for what? 12,000 years, you think you picked up on a few things? Plus, if you came from heaven already, you have some heavenly knowledge. Not as much. In Enoch, you realize they didn't have as much knowledge as they thought they had. God told him, he goes, you know, you taught them like childish things. You know, that's not even the good stuff. Because they were trying to teach him bad stuff. They're trying to twist it. And the, Lord, and the angels, or I think it was the Lord himself, he goes, you know, you know, you know, that's not even, that's not even that good, what you taught them. <laughs> so they have knowledge, but it's not like God's knowledge. It's a lower realm, okay? So we don't want to be instructed, okay, by uh, fallen angels. They, they do have information, though. They, they do. They, they do have it. And, I, and I've, I've heard people talk to them, and they're like, yeah, I mean, they're giving, them, they're giving them information. They always want something from you. That's one way that you know if you're talking to uh, a spiritual being from heaven or a lower realm. They want an exchange. They want you to give them something before they give you something. They want you to trade on their platform. It costs you. And you see that too. If you watch movies about witchcraft and things like that, you'll see that always costs you something, okay? Because they want a trading in the lower realms that gives them authority, okay? Jesus' blood <laughs> and his body was given for us. The revelation and the wisdom of God is unlimited. And he said he will withhold nothing and he will unveil it all. But you have to have an open heart to Jesus' teachings. You can't, it, it doesn't come another way. It comes through him. So this is the real deal. This is like the high. So again, I recognize that there are other doors and other places that people have opened, but I do know this, that they can cause major issues later on. And usually if they're, if they're being coy at the beginning, that means the bite comes later because sometimes they just snap at you right at the beginning. That's when people have, you know, scary visions and things like that. It bites you right away. That's probably good. Then you could stay away, but some of them, they lead you on. Watch being led on by a wrong spirit. Not good, okay? Don't know why I'm talking about that, but apparently people mess with this stuff, okay? So you got to watch that. Don't, our, <laughs> our home is in him, in Christ, through Yeshua, through his blood, we have access to the throne of God, the throne of grace. We can come there at any time. Anytime you can go to the throne of grace to get help, anytime. There is no limitation to that. Anytime you need help, throne of grace. Jesus, throne of grace, you're there. Done, immediate. You don't even have to use all the words. Maybe you don't have time for words. Done. He's got everything. The spirit moves way, way, way faster than time. Actually, sometimes, and this is just an observation, sometimes I think that when we move in the spirit, we move faster than time, and then weird things happen. <laughs> like you went back in time and then forward and the answer came instantly. But that's because you moved so fast. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But anyway, this stuff happens to you. This is why you should pray and always go into the throne of grace. 
just come to get your help. You need help? Go to the throne of grace. It's there. It's available. He's not withholding anything. If he isn't withholding any revelation, he's not withholding that. All right, let's keep going. The heavenly realm, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. So he, his whole purpose was to unveil to these thrones and these ranks and these angelic orders, because again, they're not dummies. They can see all of this stuff. They try to blind us from it, but they can see it. Just because you're blinding another person doesn't mean you don't see it. If they're trying to blind you, because that's what they try to do. They try to blind the world so that they can't see the hope of the gospel or see the love of God. That's their whole thing. They put this big net over everything, right? So they're, even though they're, they're blinding you, they're not blind. They see. So when God reveals his mysteries, his, his, his diverse wisdom through the church, through us, his ecclesia, governing, we're a governing group. When you see the word church, don't think, you know, what we have for modern day churches, which is just, you know, variations of Protestantism, right? We, that's not what he means. He doesn't mean the Protestants. He means the church, his body, which is the ecclesia, which is the governing authority from heaven. We don't govern from the earth. We govern from Zion. Okay, so he's revealing this, his full and diverse wisdom. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is not even a last minute thing. This was from the very beginning. He knew that this is how this was going to be revealed through his body, the church, which is basically all of mankind at this point, right? Because he brought us all in. So his, his creation, his special creation with Adam, which was the first Adam, he, he made the last Adam. So, so what? So that we could be revealed on the earth with his wisdom. And he kept that as a secret. They didn't know what they were doing to Jesus. They were like, ooh, we're going to kill him. This is great. We're killing, we're killing the son of God. You know, they're so, they're, so they had knowledge. They knew who he was, you know, even though they try to hide it from you. And he's like, no, I'm going to show you. I'm going to reveal <laughs> my plan through my ecclesia that you think you, you're jealous of. You see that in, in Enoch. They were jealous of us when we, when we were made. Right? So this perfectly wise plan. So now look. So that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings. We can walk into this throne of grace. We can walk in to get help whenever we need. We don't have to be intimidated intimidated don't be intimidated you ever see people try to intimidate you you ever try to intimidate somebody don't you do that you know try to intimidate don't be intimidated don't be intimidated by lower realm beings that try to intimidate you they're just trying to intimidate you you know i can't remember somebody was seeing something the other day i don't know if you know who it was but somebody was seeing something but they couldn't do anything they were just looking at them. It was, i think it was one you had yeah so you're, you're looking at them you're like huh they're emaciated. They can just look at you. You're like, oh, that's creepy. <laughs> right? Yeah. She had a, uh, like a vision of, of the, what that realm looks like, the angelic realm, the fallen, the fallen ones, and they're all emaciated and curled up, and they were just looking at her. <laughs> and she's like, what am I looking at? And, um, but it was, but it was, they had no power, and they can't touch you. Jesus destroyed that whole power, that whole power. You know how like we're like, let's drain the swamp. Okay, this is the politics, right? Let's drain the swamp. Okay, Jesus drained the swamp. He already did it. It's already done in the spirit. The spirit in the spirit, the spiritual realm, the swamp has nothing. It has no power over you. What happens is, is if we decide to go into what was the swamp and engage with swamp creatures at their level. They will beat you up because you're not a swamp creature. You're not that. You've been brought up into a different realm. You're a king. 
This is why you don't do spiritual warfare like that. That's not spiritual warfare. That's you making a mess and causing things to get stirred up. Don't cause things to get stirred up. You can. You're a king. Don't do it, though. Don't be like, I'm going to go after this spirit. I'm going to go. Don't go after anything. You pursue the Lord. If something is in your way, it has to leave. I don't know why I'd be dumb enough to do that, but they might. But again, it's not this battle back and forth between God and the devil. The thing's over. It's done. Okay, so we have boldness now and we have free access as kings before the father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Okay, that's verse 12 in Ephesians 3. So Ephesians 3, 12, we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. So sticking with the theme here, which is revealed, mystery revealed things revealed so the things that god reveals he revealed first of all light within us and now we see the purposes of god being revealed on the earth through the church we're pretty special <laughs> we're pretty special but again we're one we're one you know moving away from the whole idea of you know there's a special person here it's special we're all in him Every person has an amazing uh, abilities within the kingdom realm. Every single one. There's not any exception to that rule. And I mean that because I have been there and I have seen everyone. You are amazing. Sometimes people say things to puff people up. I don't do things like that. I'm telling you that you're amazing because you are amazing. Because I actually saw what you look like. And you look amazing. Everybody is amazing. Now, we're growing in how amazing we are because it's not that we're amazing in a sense of pride. We're amazing because of how God made us. He made us amazing. So we can do things that are beyond our wildest imaginations. We have capabilities within even our human bodies that nobody has any idea about because they're revealed in Christ. These abilities are revealed by the spirit of Yahweh. The spirit reveals things. So that light that we have here, it expands. And now before we knew, I can pray for the sick and they'll recover. That's a big one. I can leave my body, go to where they are, lay hands on them in another location on the other side of the world, pray for them and then come back. That's another thing you can do. Didn't know you could do that. But now you know. So there's abilities, capabilities in him that God is revealing. So now we have this boldness that we can come directly to him. We have free access. I need to set up an appointment with the Lord. Where's the secretary? You don't have to set up an appointment. You can just walk right in. <laughs> you have standing. Exactly. You can go right in. Okay, so these are the mysteries that are revealed in Christ. And then I'll end with this one. Yeah, this is a good one. So, you, so this is Colossians 3.3. 3. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. So now we have this life. So now we're talking about being revealed and being hidden, right? So now we have this life that's in Christ. It's hidden away in God, in Christ. You're so in him that you're hidden in him. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now with him. 
in his glory. So we're revealed in Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. Well, one day I'll be like Christ. You are like Christ right now. Now, how much are you participating in? That's the other thing. People are like, well, I don't feel like I'm in. Well, how much are you participating in? Are you open? Is your heart open to that revelation that revealed in Christ? And again, revelation sometimes is surprising. You know, you're like, let's turn the, whoa, what is this? Oh, that's me? That's, I, you know, and I, I had an encounter. It was the most bizarre thing. It was so weird. It's, I still don't understand it, but I'm, I'll tell you because it's a good example. But one day I was, it was just, I don't know what it was, but I saw myself in the spirit in a picture and I looked at, at myself and, and I had like a, a, a jacket on and jeans and I was leaning down and I was leaning like in a creek bed in, uh, in the mountains. And I'm like, and it was me. And I'm like, this must be an alternate universe. I thought I was looking at myself in an alternate universe. It's like, like maybe what, maybe I, um, maybe in an alternate universe, I lived in North Carolina and I was, but it was me, totally me, like completely comfortable. Like this is who I am, you know? And, and, um, I was, I was kind of kneeling, but I was in like a, like a Creek, you know, like up in the mountains, you know? And I was just like, and it was just me. And I'm like, this is so weird. I had, I had like a jacket or something on. I can't remember. It might've been a red jacket. And, um, and I realized, and the reason that I knew I was seeing myself in the spirit is because the night before somebody was in a meeting with me and they left their body while I was talking and they could see everyone in the spirit and they were looking at everyone in the spirit. And when they saw me, it, it stuck out to them. And I think what was happening is God bridged those two together to see that I could see myself in the spirit. I was actually seeing what I look like. Because this was one of the issues I had when I was in heaven. I'm like, I see you guys, but I haven't seen myself. And they said, oh, you will. And so I started to shift that night and I shifted into the, I don't know what was happening. It was the Lord doing it. I shifted. The other person had shifted that night. They didn't tell me this till two days later. And I said, I had the weirdest dream that I was looking at myself in a picture, but it was a different place and it was me, but I felt like it was an alternate universe or something because you know, like if you see a picture of a family and you're like, oh yeah, that's their family. That's them. They're completely comfortable being them. This is their life, but it was me, but it was a different life. And I'm like, that is so weird because I've never been to that place. I don't have those clothes, but it was definitely me. And, but I was completely comfortable. So I thought, well, maybe this is, <clears throat> but it was me in the spirit. So I'm not as familiar. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I'm not as familiar as my, of myself in the spirit because I've only become aware of myself in the natural. But this is what this is talking about. To see yourself in Christ. So for me, I was seeing it in a vision, in a, in a picture, like in a picture frame. That's me in the spirit. But I was unfamiliar with what I look like. So I'm like, why am I here? This is an alternate reality or something. But it wasn't an alternate reality. It was another dimension. It was the spiritual realm or the heavenly realm. To see myself in the heavenly realm was foreign to me. You see? So I think that's what the scripture is talking about. To see yourself in Christ may be foreign to you. You may only see yourself in the natural. You see yourself in a natural mirror. This is what I look like. This is me. These are the kind of clothes I wear. This is what I do. But, but the Lord is saying, shift 
go up to the higher realm and now see yourself as I see you. And so again, because I had those two, I, I, I would have not known what that picture was if the other person hadn't gone. I mean, they said it was wild. They were gone. They were completely out in the spirit and they could, and I didn't tell them that about my picture. They told me that first. Then I said that same night I had the dream about the picture. So I think what the Lord was telling me, which I'm telling you, is that we should desire, so by heart intention, okay, so this isn't a new work. Again, we don't do works here. So by heart intention, you say, I'd like to see what I look like in the Spirit. I'd like to see what do I actually look like in the Spirit? Because when Jamin saw himself in the Spirit, he was unfamiliar with this look. That could be you in the spirit. 15 yeah. 15, I a lot old, I older. Yep. So that could be you doing the same kind of thing. And sometimes I think that happens like in dreams or in visions and we start to shift and we see ourselves from this perspective, but only the spirit can do that for us. We can't do that on our own. You can't go outside of yourself and see yourself, but the spirit can. And he gives us this demonstration of who we are in Christ. Right. So you were seeing a glimpse. But you looked good in that picture, meaning you can see yourself in Christ. You look good in Christ. You look, you look. And the other thing about the picture that I saw myself in is I had a very, I was very comfortable. Another way of saying that I was very confident. I was not insecure about anything. You know, like it just had that. I just could see that in my look. This is also you. You're not insecure in the spirit. You're not insecure in Christ. You're confident. And again, getting back to that boldness. So the whole overall, when I close up here, the whole, whole overall here is things that are hidden and revealed. Things that are hidden and revealed. So there's mysteries or secrets in Christ. Yeshua himself said, everything will be revealed to you. Everything. He's not going to hold anything back. There's not going to be. But again, we're in time space, right? So everything's being revealed in him. In Christ, everything is revealed. So, so again, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun, right? Because it's a mystery. And who doesn't like a good mystery, right? A fun mystery, a thing where God is revealing. You know, angels are mysterious to us, aren't they? You know, because I can kind of sense our angels here. They're, they're mysterious because we don't see them yet. We don't know in this dimension, though they can appear in this dimension if they want to. But again, servants of the Most High God, those that come with messages, those that are with us, that are part of our story, that are a part of our record, that are here to come alongside and help us, we love them all. We honor them, right? But there's a mystery associated with that. Some people are not comfortable with mystery. But, but guess what? Welcome to the, welcome to the world of mystery. You've, you've, you've come into, when you've come into Christ, you've come into mystery. And if someone told you you didn't, they didn't give you the whole picture. <laughs> the whole picture is there's mystery everywhere, okay? But it's mystery that gets revealed. So anyway... So I think that that'll that'll be a good place to stop. And uh, I guess we can just be thankful. I'll pray for a second. Father, thank you for 
being so good to us. Thank you for the mystery of Christ within us, the mystery of the church, the mystery of our, our, our oneness with you. Thank you for revealing who we are in you. Thank you that as we desire to see these things revealed, as we have open hearts to Christ, to look. I see, I see um, technologies within us, capabilities and technologies within our spirit opening up. He says, come and enjoy. Look, look at the things, you know, practice, practice in your praying, practice in your moving in the spirit, going into Christ, seeing him for who he is. We thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. You are good. Amen. Thank you.